the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Missional Life Podcast. We are here with Million Matthews from South Omo for Christ, and we are excited to hear more about reaching the unreached to unreached tribes in the outer regions of Ethiopia. Well, Million, welcome to the show. Thank you. Million, it's great to have you. Million, uh, take us back. Uh, I know that you've been involved with South Omo for um, several years. Um, in fact, you were one of the co-founders of the organization. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you had a heart, how God developed a heart to reach uh, unreached people groups in the remote regions of Ethiopia? We'd love to hear. Okay, thank you. Um, the, the passion to reach unreached people groups, um, um, it came to my head when I joined campus in 2008 in Ethiopian, uh, in, in, in Gregorian calendar. Um, we have been uh, working with my, my friends who were in campus too. So um, the place that uh, I, I used to live in the southern part of Ethiopia was uh, the least reached uh, area in Ethiopia. Um, and, and it has 16 ethnic groups and almost all of them are rich. So we were praying for those people groups and we were in touch with my friends discussing on how to reach this, these people groups while we were in campus for our undergraduate studies. So um, the, after attending my first year in campus, when I came back home, um, we started to, to, to pray and to share the gospel and to, to interact with people from uh, Unrich people groups. That's then. That was the point where um, the burden for those people groups um, um, came to my attention, and and, and I, I started to focus more on uh, engaging in mission in South Omo. So when you say Omo, for those of us who don't know, what is what exactly is Omo? Is it a is it a region? Is it a river? What, what can you help us understand what Omo is? Uh, Okay, South Omo is the name of a sub-region in the southern border of Ethiopia, and it took its name from a river called Omo that flows from the southwestern part of Ethiopia down to Kenya, and it ends up in Lake Turkana, which is in Kenya. So, yeah, it, it took that name from Omo River, and the region is called South Omo, and our, and our ministry is called South Omo for Christ, which is literally means reaching all tribes in South Omo and just bringing them to Christ. Amen. Good. Wow. So, how many how many tribes did you say are within that region uh, that you guys that that are there, and how many are you actively engaging with with ministry? We we have sixteen um, different tribes in the region in South Omo region. Um, we are currently actively working among the 12 out of 16. Wow. Wow. And so you, so it sounds like you had a, God developed a heart for reaching the tribes, uh, while you were in university, but especially when you came back, uh, to, yes. um, to your, your home region, what were some of the steps, um, you know, 
for so many of us, we, we, we know that God puts things in our hearts, but it's hard for us to take those active steps into doing what God has put our, put on our heart. So can you tell us, you know, it's the journey from uh, really God putting it on your heart to working with your, with your, your colleagues, your friends um, to starting a ministry and to engaging the tribes. How did that all come together? Okay, good. I mean, as I mentioned, the first thing that I did when this thing came to my mind, the first thing that I personally did was praying mm-hmm. to know that whether it is truly a vision mm-hmm. from God or just my personal feeling. So I kept praying and sharing with people who have the same heart for, for mission. So praying, sharing and sharing with people. And gradually we, we, we started to take action at least mm-hmm. to start mission from our neighborhood, sharing um, the gospel, sharing the vision with um, our uh, unbelievers in our area. And then we continue to interact with people from the unreached um, groups, from the unreached tribes. So that is how we gradually uh, started things and it grew up and uh, became a very big ministry the first indigenous ministry in that region. Wow. Um, I love that. Just that prayer was the first part of it. There was prayer before there was action and, you know, just seeking God's direction that, um, and, and intimacy with him, you know, and just talking with God. That's just an amazing first step to take. And I think that's huge. Yeah. And I love how you said you prayed about it to discern whether it was him or whether it was just your Mm -hmm. personal feelings, because there's so many times we can be stirred by something. We can be stirred by, you know, we see something on TV, we see something, you know, with our own eyes and we say, wow, that's, you know, that it would be great to help them. And, Mm -hmm. but you know, is that good or is that the best thing? Or is that, you know, is that, um, is that what God is calling us to? And so I, yeah. I love how when we pray, God will give us those, you know, he'll give us those unctions. He'll give us those desires. And, you know, sometimes he'll kind of cause those things to pass. It's not something that, you know, is of, you know, is for you at that time, but, yeah. um, but maybe it is for, for the future. So I love that. That was the first step. The second step I love as well is that you surrounded yourself with people that had similar hearts. And I think that's important because where we go in life really matters with who we're doing life mm-hmm. with and uh, you know how we do ministry. Uh, we need to do ministry together. So many times we are out there doing ministry ourselves and being the Lone Rangers and, and um, we can burn out quite honestly. And, and, and we kind of lose some of that covering and, and some of that yeah. camaraderie and, and, you know, God wants us to do ministry together. So I love that. And then, so, you, you know, your three steps where you prayed, you, you, connected with other people with similar hearts and then you took action and so many yeah. times uh we take action and then we start praying and uh, mm. and it, and that's that you know that god can still bless that and god can still use that but um i think you know so many in so many ways what you're doing is it, the way you did it was so 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 wise so yeah. how did you begin to reach into some of these tribes i mean because it seems like a lot of tribes that are unreached they they kind of want to just be to left them themselves they don't really want uh to connect they're intentionally disconnecting themselves or or intentionally keeping themselves away from you know the developed world so to speak how did you begin to make relationships with these tribes and 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 begin to do outreach in uh among them okay for this one i can i can mention you different um approach that we use the first one is um using students from uh 
the unrich tribes because uh, among the unrich people, they don't have high schools. So students from those tribes, they will come to Jinka, the capital, to, to attend high school. So we will connect with those students and we will use them to go back to the village um, to, uh, to share the gospel or to find a person of peace. That's the first step, the thing that we have been using. And another approach was just, they usually come to the capital to buy foodstuffs and to sell their, their goats or cows, anything for shopping. So that, that gave us an opportunity to, to interact with people from the unrich um, groups, unrich background. So the, the main thing in general is just um, looking for a, an opportunity to, to know them, to interact with them, then which will, which will give us a chance to go to their village and um, do a share the gospel. Yeah. For those who are not familiar with the term, you know, a person of peace, can you help define that? What does a person of peace mean? Um, a person of peace is um, someone who has um, a good heart to, to, you might not be a believer actually, um, but who has a good attitude, a good, um, uh, how can I put it, who has a good heart for the gospel, mm -hmm. um, who, who welcomes people, new people, visitors. So uh, to give you an example, you, you may go to a village that you do not know, but uh, someone can welcome you in the village. He, he can host you, um, provide you food stuff, do whatever. So that person could be, that one, uh, guy could be a person of peace um, so that you can start sharing the gospel from his home or it could be a believer in the, in the village. Either way, it is someone in the village who welcomes um, missionaries or who welcomes people who go there to share the gospel. Sure. Great. Mm. Wow. So, and I, I love what you said is that you, you begin to, to connect with people that uh, are some of the students that are, are there within the city. And it's, it's interesting because again, so many times we are looking to go out, to go out, to go out. And sometimes God has already brought someone to you. And mm. So, I, so many times we have to open our eyes and see what has God already brought to to me. What do I have to work with? And you know, yeah. we see that in ministry in so many in so many ways. What do we already have to work with? And then yeah. what can God multiply uh, from there? So, so you you so you create relationships with the students and and build into them, and then also these persons of peace uh, in the communities. And so that begins to allow you open doors into these tribes. These tribes, what do they believe? They they don't know Jesus. What do they yes. believe? Um, they most of them they believe in traditional worship. I think that is what um they they worship their ancestors um some worship trees others worship rivers and other beliefs that's what they worship i think we had a little connectivity issue so they worship their ancestor they work worship nature they a, a lot of different things but things basically things of of nature is, is what you're saying and ancestors correct Yes. Sure. And so I imagine that 
as you as you go into these tribes, there's got to be some kind of um, uh, what kind of spiritual forces or spiritual things do you come up against when you're trying to do ministry and, and share uh, the good news with them? Have you come up against anything uh, anything in a spiritual nature? Um, you mean um, any spiritual challenge or battle in the village when we do we share the gospel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as I mentioned, they 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 worship ancestors. The things that that they worship is used by the devil. It is it is obvious. So when we try to bring uh, people from the kingdom of devil to the kingdom of God, um, there is no doubt that um, there will be a big battle, a big battle challenge so some are hostile to the gospel because of uh, their traditional beliefs um the evil spirits blocks um the truth of the gospel not to be shared among some of the unreached people groups they will just reject they will refuse to to welcome this message that's uh, that is one of the challenges um there are some places where they tell you not to go if you go there the spirit will attack you, even can kill you. They tell you something like that. There are very specific places in the village where, where no one can simply go um, uh, and see. Mm. But we have, we have not been to those places. We respect uh, their culture. We appreciate their culture. Uh, as we do the gospel, we do not want to offend them directly. So... Yeah, but we are using more wisdom um, and international approach to, to reach them. Wow. And what kind of, uh, so can you tell us the process? Do you have people from South Elmo praying uh, during that time while, while you go do outreach? Or what's your process? Uh, it sounds like you go out into the in, and to do outreach among them, but do you also have people praying during that time for protection? Or what, what's your, do you have a, uh, system or do you do you have uh yeah best practices for that or have you seen what what can you what can you tell us about that we do have our whenever we do we go for mission to the village we do have a backup team in jinka who which continuously like prays for 24 hours until the team comes back from the field from the mission field so Mm. we have a prayer team a very well organized prayer team um that is very active active so as 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 people do mission in the village there is always always prayer and even in the village like if we were 10 uh who went for, to the field to do mission uh two of us will be cooking uh food stuffs for the team the rest two of two might be praying it's not the whole team that's going for mission we still have uh, prayer even in the village, in the mission field. Wow, wow! So, uh, can you tell us about some of the different tribes and and some of their? I think that there are some different distinctions. Can you tell us about some of the tribes and just some of the differences that you notice within the, the sixteen tribes? Um, in terms of culture, they are more or less similar because. Uh, their lifestyle is, style is pastoral or nomadic. So they share common world view, but uh, 
there might be some difference like when it comes to rights of passage, uh, marriage, um, the things that they worship, um, the way they welcome people. You, we might notice, you might notice difference in terms of these things, but otherwise um, their culture is more or less similar um, and even their worldview. Um, so what do you feel like the, the, the biggest uh, hindrance or blockade? We, we talked about spiritual, uh, spiritual resistance, but what other kind of resistance is there when you go and bring the gospel to an unreached people group? Can you tell, talk to us about that? How, what, what, what are kind of, uh, what kind of doors or what kind of obstacles go up um, that uh, that keep them keep you from sharing or that they they keep as a barrier between receiving the good news and and um, uh, and accepting it so now the first thing is we are we are reaching unreached people groups um who have a different worldview mm. that is the biggest challenge now People will come, we would like to share the gospel. They will come from the cities to reach those people groups, but they don't know how to share the gospel because of misunderstanding the worldview of the nomadic people groups. Mm. But they, they, by their lifestyle, they are moving people on the move. They continuously move, searching for waters and the grazing land for their cattle. And the way they, they perceive the rest of the world is very different than the way we perceive it. So um, um, our, our, the challenge for us now is contextualizing the message of the gospel in a way that they can perceive it according to their worldview. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are trying, we, are, we have been working on that. And the solution that we used for this is using native missionaries from than rich people groups themselves, just equipping and using native people. Um, another challenge for us is just access to the tribes because of the very limited infrastructure in the area. Sometimes going to the village and reaching them will be, might, it might be very difficult. Even a motorbike, there are places where a motorbike can't even go. So our missionaries sometimes will, will have to take five, six hours wow foot uh, journey or travel to reach the village. So that is another challenge um, which we are facing now. And the rest are just internal matters. Um, like we are indigenous ministry. Um, everything is based on Jinka. Uh, our supporters are there. Those are the things which are uh, challenging us now. So you mentioned native missionaries and can you tell us how do you find these missionaries and how do you how do you train them i I assume you must raise them up somehow and train them and then send them uh, out into the field uh to to live among the those those tribes how how what is that process can you speak to that um yes um we use a different approach to select native missionaries uh, the first one is we, we normally do a kind of survey, survey in the village. For instance, when we go for a mission trip to the village, we will find someone who is very active uh, to work with us as a translator or just someone who will be with us uh, to do missions. So that is the first uh, way where we can find 
connect with people in the village by going to the village and fire looking for someone. And again, as I mentioned before, our interaction with the students who, who, who came to Jinka and um, interaction with people who, who, who usually come to Jinka for, for their business will help us to find such people from the village, believers from the village who will, who will be with us in the mission, uh, who will be native missionaries. So then after uh, training, like the first training for them might take one to two weeks and they will be sent back to their village and will be given six months. Uh, we will be with them for six months. We'll see how they do uh, their heart formation how they share the gospel, how they handle new believers, how they teach them. So it is after six months that they will become now missionaries of South Somo for Christ. Wow. So there's a six-month period where you're just observing and ensuring that really their heart for ministry is is a heart for ministry yeah. and to see if it if the, if there is fruit there, if they if they enjoy it, if they're effective. And mm. uh and if not, then they can transition into something else. If not, you continue to resource them and continue to build into them and, and disciple them. True, wow. true. Wow. Mm. wow. So how does uh, South Omo do to South Omo, I, how do you resource uh, your, the missionaries? What do, uh, how, do you, how do you help fund some of the missionaries there, there? And how many missionaries are you currently working with? Um, now, currently we have... Uh, 12 missionaries in the village. We started actually by contributing from our, our monthly salary. Like we were, we were seven leaders of this ministry at seven. We started by just uh, contributing from our monthly support uh, salary. We, we sent one missionary and we gradually continued to raise support from local sources, individuals. Um, Christian merchants, it could be Christian merchants or Christians working in government office, anyone who is interested to work with us, we will ask them for support. So our source of support is completely local, completely indigenous. That's how we raise support to, to pay for our missionaries in the field. Sure. Wow. Wow. And do you do you bring the missionaries together at some point too? To to is there any kind of a, uh, continued training uh, that you do throughout the year for them? Yes, we do. They, 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 we have a training for missionaries for the year, like each quarter. They will come from the field um, to share us their challenge, their success stories. We'll pray together, and just we will refresh them and. Uh, uh, give them additional training. So they have four trainings for, for you. Wow. I imagine since you've been doing this for so many years, you, you must have heard so many different stories uh, about just, just people coming to Christ in, in these tribes and, and just, uh, I'm sure, amazing miracles uh, that God has done among some of the missionaries. Can you share a, a couple of those with us? Yeah, I'm... Um... We have a missionary called Acho. He is among uh, the first missionaries of uh, South Zomo for Christ Ministry, who is currently working uh, among the Samai people groups. The tribe is called Samai. 
So he, he started like uh, with a very few people worshiping under a tree. Uh, they, were, they were less than 10 worshiping under a tree. Gradually it grew like to 70, more than 70 people in, in a couple of months. So when, when, it, when the rainy season comes, they were not able to come together and then worship, to worship the Lord because they were doing it under a tree. So they started to pray, to pray for provision so that they can build a place to come together to worship the Lord. So they have been praying, but suddenly God provided them everything. There was a, there was a man from, uh, is it from Canada? I, I, I forgot his name. He, he came to build a church somewhere else, but that, there was a conflict in that place. And God brought all those the, the materials, all the necessary things to, to Acho's village where they was praying for that thing. And they built the place of worship very fast. Now they have a very big um, building where they can worship the Lord together. And even that church grew and planted two more churches. Wow. And those churches father planted two more churches. They wow. are six. Wow. That is incredible. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see how prayer works. They, are, they were Amen. just praying, believing that God will provide, but provision suddenly came and it <laughs> happened. That's so awesome. Yeah. People, you know, it's just, you know, we so so many times we're afraid to ask God. We we think we just get so caught up in, in asking or, or not wanting to ask for even the small things. And here people were believing God. Can you give us a church building? And here God brought all the resources from someone, not even on the same continent, brought all the resources, built it, and now they've multiplied into yeah. uh, many, many yeah. other churches. And wow, I love how that's just so, uh, such a visual of the kingdom. The kingdom is about multiplication. It's about multi, uh, just not necessarily even addition, but multiplying. And here, these, this one person multiplied into a church, multiplied into a church building, which multiplied into many, many other church buildings. And, 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 and there's just a ripple effect. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And we also have the same story, another story from a missionary called Kebrom, who, who is currently working among the Mali tribe. He, he started the mission work um, with uh, the Acho, which I mentioned before. Now, the growth of the church in that village is very amazing. Yes, we, I was there well, for the first time um, to do mission with him. Um, and they were, there were only nine believers in that, in that village, like seven years, is it seven, eight years ago. But now we have more than 11 churches in that village. Mm. More than 11, um, by church I'm saying, big ones for regarding small groups we have more than 40 in the village so it grew up like exponentially so um that village uh, was very known for the witch doctors that was it was a village for uh, where witch doctors live like more than many of them they live there people come to that village to offer sacrifice for witch doctors, to get blessings, do what? But now we don't have any witch doctors. Some of them, mm. they accepted Amen. Christ, wow. the Amen. rest are gone. <laughs> wow, praise God. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Wow. 
Wow. When, when Jesus comes to town, things change, right? Wow. Sure. Sure. Amen. Wow. Wow. So how does, how does South Elmo continue to, to move into different tribes? You said you were, were working among 10. How do you continue to expand them in the ministry and what are some of the limiting factors right now? Or was it 12 out of the 16? 12, yeah. Yeah. Compared to, I mean, we were working now among the least and rich compared to just, you see, even if we have 16 tribes, two mm. of them are more rich, rich um, okay. with the gospel compa- compared to the rest. So okay. that's why we focused on the least rich in the region. But that doesn't mean that we will not be working among the rest of them. The mm. biggest challenge for us now, um, we have done uh, a kind of research we have all the information. We know where uh, where is unreached village, but resource for us is the biggest challenge now. Mm-hmm. We want to expand. We want to go further. We want to send more missionaries to the field, um, but we uh, because of resource, we were very limited to do. Mm-hmm. So, when you have the resources, what kind of projects? Uh, are you doing projects and things uh, among these these groups as well? I mean, are you doing any kind of uh, educational programs or community programs or wells or uh, any kind of other trainings that uh, that you're building into some of the leaders there, but also offering to some of the other community members? What kind of things are you doing uh, in that in that respect? And also, are you using tools such as the Jesus Film or other uh, things for outreach? Can, can you help us yes, understand we- that? Yes, yes. We we are also doing community development education. Um, we teach them even how to read. Our missionaries are work, doing uh, sharing the gospel, not only sharing the gospel, but they teach people how to, to read uh, and write. They are, that's what they are doing in the village. So we provide them, based on our capacity, we provide them with blackboards and to write um, so they are doing community development education even health related trainings and others together with the gospel in the village so we believe that even our vision is holistic transformation by the power of the gospel so we believe the mm-hmm. gospel will transform the community holistically not only spiritualism mm, yes so that's, yeah that's part of our program but limited resource um, is a big hindrance. We want to use more like a Jesus film uh, projectors, but we have only two, which are not currently even working. Uh, we, there is also a device that we, we use to reach uh, unreached people groups, which is called Solar Player, because most of these people are illiterate. They can't read the Bible. So what we are doing is, uh, recording stories and uh, loading them on that device. And we distribute that device to them in the village. It is a solar power device. Hmm. It is very effective, very effective. You know, this um, the nomadic community, are, they, are, they, are, they, they like stories. They are oral communities. But hmm. now we, don't, we have shortage of that device even to, to distribute to these people. Um, that is our challenge now. Though there is a lot uh, to be done, though we have a big harvest, um, but uh, uh, we are limited. 
because of resource. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, I, for I may have shared earlier. I've been I personally been to to, to South Elmo to Jinka, and I visited some of these villages, and I've met Acho myself, and uh, I remember I remember going out to that tree and where, yeah. where the, that church, and I remember uh, we had to walk through fields and across streams and and to get to this tree but i remember yeah. visiting there one and it, the the church was just alive i remember uh just sitting there and thinking wow this is this is so yeah. amazing being among believers out here in, in rural ethiopia under a tree but these people mm. know these people know jesus and uh, yeah. and 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 i have to imagine you know it was a little bit of, like coming out of a you know a, a a picture because you know you saw different you saw different people wearing different types of uh different types of clothing indigenous clothing mm-hmm. and i and it kind of gave me an image of wow this must be what heaven is is, is just you know different people <laughs> yeah. groups and different different people worshiping and and understanding jesus differently and um and it just was such a, a powerful visualization. And I think so many of us, we need to get that in our minds that um, Jesus isn't just an Ethiopian God. He isn't just, you know, the Israeli God. He isn't just an American God. He's for every, you know, he so said, he, I bring you good news for all the earth. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and so Jesus is good news for Americans, for Ethiopians, for unreached tribes. And, and yeah. I remember just thinking that when I was underneath that tree, wow, this is, this is such a small glimpse and and I just remember Acho's heart of reaching uh, into those into those communities and and just in practical matters he he dug a well uh, there was a, there was yeah. a drought one year and he 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 gathered some of his other believers and they dug a, a well and it must have been boy twenty or thirty feet into the ground so it wasn't yeah. something that was very easy to 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 do but mm. but. But what was beautiful about it was that not just believers participated in it. There were other people that realized, hey, our, our animals need water also. And so it became a, this community gathering point for yes. everyone coming together to, to meet a very practical need. But it also became a talking point for Acho to begin to share the gospel. And just like Jesus, just Jesus, just just like Jesus shared with the woman at the well, uh, th- those sorts of conversations of, wow. This, this, the water I give you, you know, you you won't thirst, you won't thirst anymore, and and just like this water uh, for our animals, there is a that I know somebody who brings true living water into our lives, and I remember just seeing how um, how these community members respected Acho because he came with a and helped meet a practical need, and I think as we reach into tribes and as, as we reach different people around the world. Sometimes, you know, we don't have to have these strategies and we don't have to have, you know, all these other things. Sometimes meeting practical needs is the, the easiest yeah. way to begin to, to, to meet and to, uh, to, to accomplish kingdom work within even underreached people uh, groups. So yes. it's, a, it's amazing what you guys are doing. Um, and uh, I just know I've personally experienced uh, just the 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 love and the kindness uh, of these 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 groups that have come to know Jesus within within these uh, within these rural villages. And these villages, uh, as you know, million, they don't, they don't they don't have much, do they? Come on, yeah. These these rural these rural villages they they don't have they don't have a lot in terms of worldly possessions in terms of worldly things. A lot of these mm-hmm. these these villagers they they don't have a lot, do they? Yeah, they don't have. Yeah, I don't. They don't. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a very simple lifestyle. So uh, have you, you mentioned that you, <laughs> you mentioned that you, they, you have, one of the big things is that these they're nomadic. They, they go from place to place. They follow the food, they play, follow the water. Have you ever gone to one of these places expecting to find that uh, uh, a group there and, and they're not there? Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, it was among the Arbore tribe. There's a tribe called Arbore. Um, the first time our team went to preach the gospel there, uh, they have got as many believers. Many came to Christ. After is it is after is it after two months that um some of them went back to to teach them at least for one or two weeks, but they were not there. They have moved to another place. So <laughs> it, it happens, especially among the dozen age. There are tribes who that frequently move from one place to another. So you should get enough information before going back to the same village, whether they are there or not. Sure. And I think that, you know, that's a kind of a funny, uh, funny example, but I think as we do ministry, sometimes things just don't go as we, as we plan and we can lay out wonderful plans and we can lay out things, but you know, we have to be sensitive to the spirit. We have to to know that God is directing us towards different things and he is, he is accomplishing uh, his work. Mm. And so, so many, yeah. so many times um, we can, we can almost feel the pressure. If, if I don't do this, if we don't do that, and yet God is the one he's, he's doing it. It's his spirit that's moving in us and through us out. Uh, he desires that none should perish. And so, yeah. uh, so I think I encourage all of us that as we do ministry, we have to realize that um, and remember that if our plans don't always go as we intend or as we think that they're going to, if we're not, if we don't, if we show up to do ministry and there's no one to do ministry <laughs> for, um, that God has often has other plans or he's redirecting us into, into some other things. And that's, and that's okay, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There is another story that I want to share. It was Abraham who, who, um, who took... Um, some people for mission among the Kara tribe. The tribe is called Kara. And Abraham was, uh, was working as, Abraham is actually one of the co-founders of this ministry. Oh, okay. um, he, was, he was translating for the team that went there. And the team was sharing a story from Genesis 1 um, about Adam and Eve and how God, uh, and the command that gave, God gave them. Um, so after the team finished sharing their story about Adam and Eve and their failure because of uh, not keeping the command, they requested listeners to accept Christ. And one of the guys from the tribes, he raised his hand and just asked, he asked them one question. You guys, from the story that you told us, God gave Adam and Eve a very just short command, very precise one. And they, they, they failed because uh, they were not able to obey that command. And now you are telling us a very, just something very brief and you want us to accept Christ so that we can fall like Adam and Eve in the same way, instead of mm -hmm. teaching us. <laughs> that's what they thought, they, how they perceived the story. And instead of teaching us, like taking time to teach us, you, you are just giving us a very short and brief command 
so that we can be like Adam and Eve. We can be, we can be, I don't know whether you got my point. The way mm-hmm. they perceive the story is very different than mm-hmm. yes. they, they, they understood that the failure for Adam and Eve was the, com- the very brief command, the very short command that God gave them. Mm-hmm. If God taught them things in detail, in a very brief, <laughs> detailed way, they, they couldn't have been in that thing. So they understood it that way. And they told, we were not going, going to accept what you are saying. Just take time, be with us here, and teach us very well so that we can accept what you are saying. Mm. So it was a bit mm. funny for us at, during that time. But it's true that sure. people want to learn more. We usually just uh, share the gospel for five, six minutes, and then one ask people to accept Christ. Um, we know it is the Holy Spirit that works but people want to understand it more uh, before deciding on it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And I, and I love that, you know, as we do, as we do ministry, sometimes we can, you know, we aren't understood the way that we, we think we're understood and, um, and that's okay. Uh, we have to remember that sometimes we plant the seeds, sometimes we water the seeds, and sometimes we're the ones mm. to harvest the seeds. And, yeah. and and that's and that's scriptural. And so sometimes you know just going in and planting the seed of Genesis among them can you know that can that can begin to uh, be in their heart, and and God can continue to water that and 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 bring that forth. And so um, you know as we do ministry, uh, listeners, we have to remember that we're not always the harvesters. Sometimes we're the planters and sometimes we're the waterers and, and we can't get discouraged when we're just, when we're the planters or the waterers, we have to, uh, it's wonderful when we are the harvesters because we get to see that. But one day we will see what the, the, the effects of what we've planted and we'll we'll see what the effects are of what we've, what we've watered. Yeah. Yeah. I love too, how just, you know, South Omo for Christ, just how the ministry, um, just the training process that you shared earlier um, of discipleship and that, you know, there's these native missionaries that will share more than one story. They continue to pour into um, their, the tribe and the people and just um, how you also shared previously about um, with their oral tradition, since they cannot read or write, um, that you start with sharing stories and doing it that way. So meeting the people where they're at with how they can receive it, you know, and learning within that process that sometimes they may want to know more about something, you know, if, um, to have it make sense. (laughs) Um, and you know, we're all of us are always learning and growing and, you know, it's how we all get better too, and just grow in wisdom. Um, and, um, but I love too how, you know, South Omo for Christ is, you know, you're taking steps to also help them Mm. to grow in reading and writing using blackboards, whatever it takes, Um, you know, and that's going to impact the next generation too, um, you know, and just continue to multiply that effect as that continues forward. Mm. Mm. That's true. And the power of story uh, is that, no, Jesus, Jesus had it right all along, which is not a surprise, right? That, yeah. <laughs> that, that we respond to story. The gospel isn't supposed to be this complicated thing, really. It's supposed to be very simple. And Jesus used very, very, very simple uh, agrarian 
concept to explain the gospel. Yeah. He, he talked about planting things and he talked about seeds and he talked about water and he talked about weeds and he talked about things that, that in a lot of ways in, in America, in the 21st century, you know, modern city, we don't always have a deep connection with, but mm. among unreached tribes, this concept, this makes sense. This makes this, this idea of multiplication that you plant a seed and that there's a harvest and it multiplies. And, 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 and just the idea of a story telling a story so many times that, you know, if we don't have uh, visuals or if it's not on YouTube, or if it doesn't have fancy, fancy sound behind it, and if there's not dramatization with it, mm. then, then we lose interest quite fast. Yeah. But, but among you know, among if we want to call it very, very simple, simply living people, this this power of story holds true, and it still holds tr true in all of our hearts. When we hear somebody share their testimony, when we hear somebody share their story, it moves us to our core. And yeah. so, um, I love that we that in order to share the gospel, you just go you go in and you you quite simply share stories quite, quite yeah. simply, and you don't go in with 10 points of the, you know, this, these are the different, <laughs> the, the different rules. And this is what God, this was what God meant when he, when he, when he shared this, because uh, that quite honestly, that that's not going to bear fruit. And so you go yeah. and you, you meet people the way that they, they need to be met. And that's through a mm -hmm. very simple story and it's working. Yeah. That's what's beautiful. Yes. We don't have to have some big, beautiful, well planned, you know, we should have plans, but, but simple things are bearing fruit is, 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 and I love that. I love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, we are trying all our best to present the gospel in, in a very simple way, just mm -hmm. like telling a story. Uh, we will keep the message of the gospel. It, it won't be mixed with the culture, but we will make it as simple as possible so, so that they can grasp it in their context. Mm -hmm. Amen. Keep it, keep it simple. Jesus kept it simple. We can keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Wow. Yeah. So does, yeah, but, but um, I mean, I mean, there's sometimes we see people who are very passionate to share the gospel for these people, for the nomadic people groups that are unreached. But the problem is they will, they, they will come to the village with their own worldview. So mm. they will be ethnocentric towards the nomadic people. So mm -hmm. we had this this um, this experience among the Hamor people groups, missionaries from the other parts of Ethiopia. They came to the village, so they and then they started to tell newcomers to to change their clothes, to remove to remove what they have, uh, the bracelets, whatever, assuming that all those things belong to the evil spirit in the village. So. I don't know whether you, Dan, whether you have seen people wearing uh, clothes made up of skin. That's what, how they, 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 they wear their clothes, especially ladies, women. So now, missionaries from other parts of the world, other parts of Ethiopia especially, came and says, said, oh, you guys, you should change your clothes. You should change the way you eat. Eating, some, some of the tribes, they eat the only food that they have is just a mix of fresh blood and milk. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's their food. So if you are in the missionary in that village, you should appreciate their diet. Mm -hmm. You cannot go there and say, no, you should stop eating this one. You should stop wearing this one. That's what some missionaries did 
yeah. in the past, and we still mm-hmm. have a challenge to reach that that tribe. We still have the challenge. They they see the gospel as uh, a message of um, the foreigners or other people than oh. taking it as their own. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so not necessarily imposing their your viewpoint on the tribes is what I'm hearing. That's 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 definitely huge yes. advice. Are, for for other let's say Western missionaries from, you know, from outside of Ethiopia, well, let's call it anyone from outside of Ethiopia that, that has a heart to come and do uh, ministry among mm-hmm. unreached people mm-hmm. groups there. What kind of, what other advice or what other things can you help us be aware of to, uh, as we want to do ministry um, among unreached people groups, what can, what kinds of things do you see th- that uh, okay. within Western, with within foreigners, um, that we can do better. Um. Yeah. I. I. I know from history that there were some Western missionaries even in the area that we are currently working on. They did a very good job. They were pioneers in this area. But now, for those who want to come again to South Omo, the first thing that I would advise is, um. They should not uh, come with um, just the, their own worldview. They should, they should not try to bring the Western worldview to the nomadic worldview. Instead, they should learn the nomadic worldview so that it will help them how to share the gospel within the context. That's the main thing which I want uh, to tell them. And the next one, um, they should not be the ones who should uh, try to transform the culture. You know, there are very good things in the culture and there are things that go against the gospel in the culture. So they should just teach the community so that the community by itself uh, initiates, um, takes the initiative of avoiding bad cultures, avoiding bad things. So they should not be ethnocentric towards um, the, the, the pastoral people group. Let them teach the word of God and let the word of God challenge the, 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 the people to, to look into their culture and see whether what they have is right or wrong. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point. Um, Honestly, in, in general, just as believers, you know, when you're talking with people just to, you know, sharing the word of God, showing, you know, living that out and, you know, letting the Holy Spirit do his work in their lives and not trying to step into that ourselves <laughs> and just yeah. following God's leading. So sometimes I think um, we might have that temptation to try and do that, but it's better to say, okay, Lord, you know, you just, I'll keep stepping as you direct but you know i won't get in your way <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm saying this because the change that comes from my outside it won't last long we have seen this in our area when mm-hmm. the missionary goes back to go back to, he, he, he goes back home that thing will go with him together the community will forget it but if change or transformation comes from within the community mm-hmm. it will last long it will mm-hmm. Whatever, any kind of change, whether it be cultural, any kind of change, the community should take the initiative for that thing. Mm-hmm. 
I love it. I, I love kind of going back to what you said from the beginning, you prayed about starting South Omo first, and then you surrounded yourself with people and then you took action. And I think it's so important that it's we're even, even after we start something to continue to pray and to continue to ask God, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What, because again, we want to be doing the things that God wants us to be doing in those yeah. communities then, because what you do, what you were doing in those communities seven years ago, or when you first started this ministry, isn't necessarily what you should be doing in those communities now. And so you need to be hearing how, how do we truly change these communities now here and now in this space? Yeah. Uh, yes. And what God, what are you doing now in these communities? And how do we, how do we, how are we in, how do we involve ourselves with that? And so many times I think as Western missionaries, we go in with our own ideas of if they just would adapt this, then they would mm-hmm. change. But we can't impose those things. It has to come, like Million was saying, it has to come from within. And mm-hmm. so, um, God, what are you doing and who are you raising up within these communities mm-hmm. that we can train that are truly going to grab a hold of the truth and are going to truly uh, take this? plant it and be effective with it. And we see that with, with some of the different missionaries, one of them being Acho that we were discussing earlier, that Acho, uh, he grabbed a hold of some of the training that he received and he truly made it his own and committed himself to continuing to grow and to implement it. And it's bearing fruit and it continues to bear fruit and it continues to multiply. And that's such a huge thing is don't go into communities with your own ideas, go in with yeah. God's ideas and find out mm. who else is also hearing God on that and who else believes in that yes. God idea mm. and partner yeah. with them. And then you will see true transformation happen. If it's not of God and if you're not, if it's not a God idea and if it's not partnered with the right people, then, then it's not going to bear fruit. It's not going to, it's not yeah. going to be effective after, uh, after any kind of transition. Or, or, or stand the test of time. Wow. Such good wisdom. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Wow. That's, that's important. Wow. So how do people find more, um, about South Omo for Christ? Is there a website? Is there a Facebook page? How can people, uh, begin to learn more about this amazing ministry that you are doing among unreached people groups in, in Ethiopia? Um, we, yes, we have a website, um, which is www.southomo4christ.com. But currently it's under maintenance. Um, it will be active very soon. They can get uh, updated information on our website. But uh, they can also find us on Facebook. Um, just type South Omo for Christ. Um, we, we regularly update our Facebook page on as a progress of our work in South Omo. Yes, they can also use uh, email, our yeah, um, ministry email um, to reach us. Yeah. And what email is what email can they use if they want to connect with, with some of the leaders of South Omo? Uh, our official ministry email is southomo4christ uh, at gmail.com. Four is a number, not um, um, you should write just four in number. Okay, great. And listeners will have that in the show notes as well. Million, wow, how encouraging to hear that God's message continues to go forth even 
out into the unreached people groups of, of Ethiopia and in un- unreached tribes. And God's kingdom continues to move forward. Even sometimes we feel like there's darkness all around. There's, there's, there's things that uh, in this world that are shaking, but God's word is continuing to bear fruit, even yeah. to the ends of the earth. How, how amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, and thank sharing you. Of, uh, You're welcome. Thank you. Thank Lord. you for giving me this opportunity. Despite the challenge, the kingdom of God is expanding. People are coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are pressing on and we will continue. Amen. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>